This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer. A free-for-all Friday. You're asking to hear something I don't want to say. But if I do say it, I think you ought to hear it. You got anything on your chest besides your chin, you better get it off. All right, then you asked for it. Yes, we did. So lay it on us. Free-for-all Friday means you set the tone. Here is Libby Snymer. Good afternoon and welcome to this free-for-all Friday. You know, I was just uh, reminiscing. Free-for-all Friday has been around for 11 years, started by my predecessor, Dale Goldhawk. And uh, it's a big favorite for the fight back crowd. It is the original, the one and only free-for-all Friday right here. I see that the... uh, board is full of people getting ready to uh, have their say on Free For All Friday. A lot of new information on the vaccine rollout coming out this morning, and I was working the phones trying to get a little more clarity on what's happening. So as you heard in Bob's news, as of Monday, People between the ages of 75 and 80 can book for a vaccination in one of the mass vaccination centers. Uh, General Hillier warned everybody you're, the appointments will likely be quite a while after you make your booking, probably in a couple, three weeks. They're basing this on a sort of lessening demand of over 80. But, you know, you got to do the math. Say here in Toronto, there are 133,000 people over 80. That's what John Tory told us just yesterday. Uh, the vaccine, the mass centers can vaccinate 450 people a day. Uh, they're bringing a couple more on board, but do the math. Now, people over 80 have been vaccinated through hospitals and other means, but I feel, think we have a ways to go to get through the over 80. The other, of course, big news is that since the National Panel on Immunization said AstraZeneca is fine for people over 65, uh, uh, the Ford government is going to be broadening the access to getting a vaccination in the pharmacies. Right now, we're still in that pilot project that was only available for people between the ages of 60 to 64. Now, I have to correct something that I've been saying. I was under the assumption with the big frenzy that we saw that the pharmacies, the 300 pharmacies in that pilot project had finished their supply, but they haven't. So they're about 50% the way through that supply. The thing is, it's all over the map. Some pharmacies have in fact finished their supply. Some have not even started to hand it out. Some have a quarter left. So you have to check with the pharmacy in your neighborhood if you want to do that. So you can book, if you're over 64, you can book to get one of those AstraZeneca shots in a pharmacy as of now. You can make the booking today and you can get that shot 
as of Monday, but it all depends on the supply. Uh, I don't know how many people have new supply, so I I would think that the people most likely to have it are those in the 300 pilot project. Uh, so that is uh, the sum total of what I knew, what I know on that. Uh, we'll have more on it on Monday. And now let me get right to the phones. Let's go to Jan in Guelph. Hi, Jan. Hello, Libby. Um, I just wanted to quickly say I had my Pfizer shot Excellent. Uh, at uh, Skyjacking Guelph, and they were wonderful. I was there about an hour, like uh, including the 15 minutes you have to wait. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's that. But I have to wait 21 weeks, and they will call me for the second shot. Mm-hmm. That's the bit I don't like. <laughs> oh, the other okay. thing is, if I don't, can mention it, last year the seniors got $300 tax-free. Um, I'm okay. You know, I appreciated it. Um, I could have lived without it. I'm, you know, but I have friends who, uh, you know, and people I know who would be more than appreciative of receiving it again this year if that's in the plan. Uh, it's... W- Remind me, are you talking about provincial help or federal help? No, I think help. that's federal. $300 that seniors received last year tax-free. Right. Was it from the federal government? Uh, I think so, yes. Okay. Yeah, I I, I have to look it up. Uh, we'll, we're getting a provincial budget next week. Oh, okay. So we'll figure out if it's in there. A federal budget? Who the heck knows when that's coming? Yes, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I won't keep you any longer. Okay, congratulations I love your program, on Libby. Thank you. Congratulations on getting your shot. And uh, speaking of getting the shot, yesterday when I was talking to the mayor, I mentioned a tweet that I got from a woman named Robin who said that she was behind her younger, healthier husband uh, in line for a shot, and she was eight months post-chemo, and um, uh, that wasn't sitting well with her. And then she emailed me after we were talking about it and said, Thanks, Libby. I don't know what you did, but shoppers just called, and I get one today at 5.30. I was very happy to hear that. Uh, she doesn't know what I did. Uh, frankly, I don't really know what I did either, but you never know who is listening. So congratulations, Robin. And I think they that she got the shot yesterday, so that was pretty darn quick. And let's go to Pat in Burlington. Hello, Pat. Hello. How are you, Libby? Fine. How are you? I'm a little concerned about this vaccine. Apparently, I could sign up for it today. But they're going to make me wait four months for the second one. And that NAC, is NACI or what? Yeah. Yeah. They, they're saying it could be up to four months, but they have no data to support that that's safe. The scientists are talking about three to four weeks after Pfizer or Moderna, and they're saying it can wait up to six weeks. So I'm really concerned about how effective this is going to be, and this seems to be at least a political decision. Uh, I think it partly is a political decision. So just just let me tell you what I know on that. And there are uh, doctors that I've talked to who think that this is a, a risky move, risky not that they have evidence that it might be bad, but because we just don't know. So 
other countries before us have started to space out the doses beyond what was recommended after the trial. But nobody has gone to four months. The biggest, I believe, so far is three months. Yeah, this uh, is not this just does not seem safe. It seems more like, you know... Okay, let me tell you what on the positive side, and uh, this this we got just yesterday from the head of the province's science advisory panel, Dr. Peter Uni. So what he said was that in general with vaccines, uh, the second shot, the booster shot, is generally more effective the longer you wait. And that in terms of, yes, the trial had two or three weeks, but remember they were trying to get through those trials really quickly. So they didn't want to wait a long time. No, but they were saying you could wait up to 42 days, which is six weeks. Right, but that I don't think that was tested in the trial. Okay. Uh, that was just from real world evidence. So, so Dr. Uni said it, the, the number of, that they tested was pretty arbitrary and it was because they wanted to get through those tests, uh, those clinical trials and get the vaccine approved. But you're right. We, we don't know how good that is, but the good news is that the first dose gets you covered, uh, to quite a good degree, depending on what dose you get. We've got these variants. I, If you've listened to the numbers, the numbers are up. And I'm concerned about this, the variants. I have two very serious underlying conditions. I think you should get a vaccine as fast as you can and uh, worry about the rest of it later. I mean, that'll at least give you some protection. Yeah, I'm concerned about it leaving me open to the variants, though, you know, when you wait that long, eh? Uh, I, again, um, other countries have waited up to three months. That yeah. seems okay. We don't know about the fourth month, but it, you're going to be less protected if you don't get anything. Okay. I'm just really concerned about this. I think it's a political move, and you know, really, and... Uh well, it is part, it's definitely partly political, but it also has to do with the supply. And if we are actually getting all the million, gajillion, grillion doses that I keep hearing about every day, then maybe we won't have to wait four months. We'll see. Well, they're giving appointments for the second dose when well, for you make people... your first appointment. So the, your appointment that you get is going to be for four months. Right. Appointments can be changed. Pat, uh, I would take a deep breath and, and get your first shot as soon as you can. Okay. Okay. Thank you very much for taking my call. You're very welcome. Yeah, I mean, that's, that is a, it's a reasonable concern, but, but you're going to be in better shape if you get a shot. Any shot is, po- uh, that's offered to you as soon as possible. That's what everyone is saying. Um, especially if you've got underlying conditions. All right. Let us go to another Pat. Hi, Pat. Good afternoon. Uh, thanks, Libby. I've got a couple of comments. First of all, Canada should be making the point that we have done a fabulous job in controlling the virus. The U.S. death rate is two and a half times higher than ours. So we need to be patting ourselves on the back, and we need to be very careful going forward with the variant. Uh, But there's one thing that hasn't been noted, and that is why the vaccine shortage And it all goes back to the free trade agreement of 1987. 
When that happened, many companies closed up business in Canada and said, we can supply you from Michigan or, or Ohio or wherever. They didn't write in anything special with regard to critical things such as uh, vaccines. And that's got to be changed. And that's up to our prime minister. Well, yeah, we've heard a lot of talk uh, that about the fact that we we don't have much of a pharmaceutical industry in in our own country, and and people um, are talking about changing that fact. So, yeah, the free trade that's that's where it started. So, you know, we can't blame it on the current uh, people, but nobody seems to go back and realize why we have this shortage. Well, it's it's not just free free trade it's the environment because even if you have i mean uh you know the, the, it can be corrected by government uh if they make it attractive for people to operate here and we pivoted pretty pick, quickly i mean there there wasn't anybody making ppe here or very little and people pivoted when they saw there was a need for PPE and they could sell it. But yeah, you're, you're right. That is definitely one of the issues. We don't have a local industry. Well, and to, to, to come up with a local industry would be extremely expensive at this point in time. I mean, this isn't making PPE, which is a reasonably simple manufacturing operation. So, but um, no, I think people need to look at that. And the, this issue of the variants, we have to be extremely careful. They are doubling every week. And just because you've been vaccinated, you should be equally careful because you can be a carrier. So anyway, hopefully okay. I'll get my shot in the next month. So uh, I will at least be partially covered. And I understand that lady's concern about not having uh, both shots, but we're trying to protect as many people as possible as fast as we can. So I think it's a good policy. Okay. Thanks, Pat. Thank you. All right, let us go to Murray and Malton. Hello, Murray. Hi, Debbie. How are you? Fine. How are you? Not bad. Listen, I'm seeing a lot more people walking around without masks, and I think this is the biggest problem, is people think that once they've got the shot, they're, they're going to be immune to the virus, which, in fact, they're not. It just limits the, the amount of sickness they uh, get. They're... You know, they're not going to get severely sick, but they're still going to get sick and still going to be passing it on to other people. Well, we we don't know about the passing on and uh, we don't I mean, some people, yeah, will still get sick. uh, But uh, the vaccines mostly prevent, as you said, severe disease and death. Uh, So, yeah, people still have to be careful and uh, people should be, you know, Careful, distance, masks, all of that. Yeah, even even once we get the second shot, that's it's still going to be it's more or less the same as the flu shot that we get, right? It just limits the severity of our uh, sickness. It doesn't stop us from transferring it to other people. We don't know that. That's an unknown. Well, the way it looks is uh, that's the way I take it. Not that's the way I take it because I want to be safe. Okay. Well, you stay safe. Thanks for your call. Thank you, Mike. Okay. Um, We have to take a quick break. We will be back with more of your calls and your comments. We've been talking about the vaccine rollout. Uh, There's been a lot of new information today. Looks good. 
Looks like it's good news for a change, though we have to see how it rolls out. 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. We've also had bad news today. The two Michaels, one of them has already had his trial today in China. The other one gets his trial if you want to call it that, in Beijing on Monday. And uh, the experts say a guilty verdict is a foregone conclusion. We can talk about that as well when we come back. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer. When one considers the meaning of life, it is a struggle between alternative viewpoints of life itself. A free-for-all Friday. And without the ability to defend one's own viewpoint against other, perhaps more aggressive ideologies, then reasonableness and moderation could quite simply disappear. Name your topic and be as deep as you like, as long as there's a point in there somewhere. Here is Libby Snymer. Welcome back to this free-for-all Friday, and uh, I'm going to take a first-time caller who is still worried about the AstraZeneca vaccine, even though it has been cleared by the Europeans who put it on pause. It's uh, been cleared by our authorities here, so uh, we'll take the call. Hi, Christopher and Mississauga. Hello. Hello. Hello, Libby. Thanks for taking my call. Okay, I'm going to give you the bell. You're a first-time caller. Welcome. Fantastic. Very good. Go ahead. Yeah, with the AstraZeneca uh, uh, vaccinations, in the paper, there's been batches seized in Italy. One man has passed away the day after his injection. And there's someone in... Denmark has also died with the, vac- with the vaccine. Okay, uh, let me uh, explain what happened. So there were uh, a couple of instances of blood clots. They were yes. uh, a very small number. So millions of people have got that vaccine. And actually the rate of blood clots among people who mm-hmm. got the vaccine was lower than the rate in the general population. So that's one. A lot of the people who get the vaccines are, are older and not necessarily well. So some countries paused using it, even though, uh, it, um, even though it was a small number to check it out. And the European medicine regulatory body came out and said, we have decided it's fine. Uh, so, so, so uh, there you go. I mean, you sound British to me, and in the yes, UK, and well, I've been here forty-eight years. Next week, okay. Well, well, in the UK, the vaccine mostly used is AstraZeneca. Millions of people have got it, including so older have, people. So they're saying the AstraZeneca is uh, okay because all they hear on the TV and the radio is about uh, blood clots. And yet the sun has something in the paper this Okay, week you know what? So so here's the thing. Uh, as I explained, there were a few cases. They paused to see if there was a connection because okay. things happen and there sometimes are reactions to vaccines. Oh. And I don't know when you were reading the paper, watching the TV. So everyone, here's the thing. This is all new. There's new evidence all the time. Some of it 
conflicting. So you have to be ready to keep on top of it and, and to be flexible when there's new information. Uh, we respond to that. So what we know, uh, according to a bunch of authorities is that AstraZeneca is fine. Christopher, thanks for your call. Thank you very much, Libby. I love your show. Thank you very much. Appreciate that. Bye-bye. Have a great weekend. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay. Let's switch. We'll talk about the two Michaels. Hello, Jim and Pickering. Hi. Uh, good uh, Good afternoon, Libby. You know, actually, I woke up during the night and I turned the radio on and I heard about, you know, of course, the trials we knew, but I was awake for a while and I thought of a possible solution. I'm sure there's negotiations going on, you know, as we as we speak, right? But this is a very delicate situation, and I really don't think it's a good idea to play um, this game of chicken with with the government of China. So how about, it's not unprecedented, and it's not a good precedent to create, but prisoner swap. We have swapped spies and political prisoners in the past. And if it's going to be all about that, and if we could just, you know, each side, you know, I'd rather see some negotiation and see it end that way in a positive way. So what do you think of that idea, Libby? Uh, people have talked, you mean letting Meng Wanzhou go? That's right. That's uh, what it's all about. Well, there were there were a lot of people who suggested that way back, and um, I think it's good that the government is not doing that. There uh-huh. are talks underway, and now apparently it's gone beyond that, and, and uh, it, it's it's gone beyond that. So uh, wow. they they want concessions, and probably from the states and and who knows how much of a player we are so you know it's 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 interesting i read something that was written by mr garrett who also was a hostage for 5 years before right. he was released and I found this very interesting, what he said, because these trials were conducted in secret, f- officials were not allowed in, and right. and we were not allowed to see any of the evidence, uh, and I say that in quotes, the evidence against Michael, the first Michael. Right. Uh, so uh, Mr. Garrett said that that actually might be a good sign, because when they do these things publicly in China, they're making a statement, setting an example, putting it on TV, yeah. uh, showing their strength. And if it's yeah. in secret, it could end up like his case, where after a while, they just quietly put these guys on a plane. So... Well, Libby, I put that thought out into the universe, and I'm going to, to just tell you, and I just hope it has a, a positive outcome. Yeah, well, we so, we all do, but it's um, it's terrible. It is, yeah. It's 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 terrible. It's dangerous and uh, almost unnecessary, to be honest. Okay, thank you, thank Jim. You, Libby, have a good weekend. You too. Bye bye. Okay, let me give the numbers out again: four one six three six zero zero seven forty toll free. One eight six six seven forty four seven forty. Jerry in Scarborough. Hello. Hello there, Libby. Um, I was listening the other day, and there's constant talk about having uh, a potential vaccine passport. Why do people who travel, which is I don't know what percentage of the population, you've got a passport? Why can't uh, afford just make a stamp that? When you get your vaccine, they, you bring your passport, 
They just stamp it in your, on a page in your passport. So when you go to customs at wherever, you just open your passport, they see the stamp, they know you've had your vaccine, and there's no need to make a special passport. Uh, you know what? Uh, that that sounds pretty good. <laughs> but I guess... I mean, I guess there there are other things we may need them for. I've heard talk that that uh, you know they might be required to attend certain kinds of um, mass concerts or something like that. They might be required in some workplaces. But uh, your idea sounds fine. I know that there are issues with privacy and making it conform to rules and regulations in other places that people will be wanting to visit. But uh, that sounds like a sensible suggestion. If you need it for employment or for anything else, you just take your passport, which is, again, a form of identification. Uh, It's got your picture on it. It's got your your information on it. And it's got your stamp on it. You don't need anything more. Okay, well, I I hope the Prime Minister is listening. Maybe he'll do that. I hope so. Thanks, Jerry. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Okay, John in Toronto wants to talk about the two Michaels. Hello, John. Uh, Before I do that, what was the other guy saying about passports? Vaccine passports. He was making a suggestion that, uh, you know, there's talk about that we might need them to travel and how to do them and make sure they're not forged. And he said, why don't you just put them as a kind of stamp in a passport? I prefer good old fashioned uh, stamp in a passport. I also don't feel people should be obliged to take a vaccination. It's a new form of discrimination. and We don't need to go back to the 1960s as McBurns. A law teacher taught us um, uh, the enemy always comes under the falsehood of safety. And if they can scare you enough, as Hitler said, you could turn anyone. Yeah, you don't you don't have to take a vaccine. Uh, You if you don't want to, you don't have to. Uh, But but some people or some countries may not let you in. That's just the way it is. Right. So it's like saying, well, you're free not to take it, but we'll just treat you really poorly and in a discriminatory fashion and use the so-called virus as an excuse to treat you that way. And with regards to, um, I can't say her name, Ping, no, not Ping Ling, that's the president of Communist China, the, the Huawei spy lady. She's not in a, a jail. She's in um, a mansion that's right. far from, as far from equitable compared to the two Michaels that are in a cold jail eating, who knows, cat, dog, meat, tortured, and um, I think she should be in jail. Um, and we should stop. Um, if you look at Rebel News, Rebel News, you'll see that there's a lot of people that are held in these hotels called the Radisson Inn. And apparently those Radisson Inns are owned by Communist China. Okay, John, thanks for that. Who is next here? Madeline in Guelph. Hi, Madeline. Hi, Libby. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? Fine, thank you. Um, my comment is about um, infection control in nursing homes, retirement homes, hospitals. Uh, it's only in, as good as the people who are actually doing the cleaning and the disinfecting. And I have found that over the years with um, employers that they're not really watching what the staff is doing. Um, I worked in housekeeping, and we had procedures that we had to follow, really strict procedures. And as the years went on, and I was becoming, you know, the age of retirement, I'd see that young people were hired, 
And generally, they would do their job really quick, get on their cell phone. The boss was never watching what they were doing. And I think things need to clamp down as far as cleaning procedures go. Oh, yeah. I think that they, I mean, I think people are more aware of it now. Mm -hmm. And also, you know, but uh, we've had huge issues with infection control in nursing homes. Yes. And even when they're noted... Uh, even when they're noted, there's no consequence. They don't exactly. get fixed. That's right. So yeah. what what can be done about it? I personally believe it's up to management, supervisors to watch what the staff, their staff are doing. That's right. And it's also up to government that says it regulates this and inspects it yes. to make sure that there is, first of all, reasonable inspections, not by telephone, and that there is a little bit of enforcement. And if there isn't, well, no wonder. No wonder this is happening. Exactly. If a job isn't done perfectly and you have to, to maintain a clean environment, you have to clean it. You don't wave a magic wand and it gets done. It has to be physically done and inspected. Mm -hmm. So that's my comment, Libby. Okay, Madeline, have a nice weekend. You too. Okay, now, uh, a nice comment from Barry in North York. You want to talk Good about afternoon. the... Good afternoon. Good afternoon. In the neighborhood. Okay. <laughs> yes. Um, I wasn't able to go on, get on last Friday because you were, had a lot of calls last Friday. I wanted to talk about International Women's Day, particularly ladies, uh, because you had asked um, the people in your life that are ladies that are really influential. I have a friend actually I've had for 40 years. She's my best friend. She has really made an, a major um, difference in my life. And I look at the ladies, I often have said to her, I said, you know, I think if females around the world would be much better, will be more compassionate. And she says, well, you know, I think that eventually they would get up to the males and be deceiving and dishonest and that kind of stuff in order to be politicians. But then you look at our own Mississauga mayor, 35 years in in power. Whoa, I don't know of any male politician that's gone that long. And oh, wait, there's a, there's a guy in Milton. Really? <laughs> but Milton isn't a city like Mississauga. But there is yeah. there is a guy, I forget his name, I have to look it up. And um, she's amazing. And, she's and amazing. Did you see her? Uh, a few days ago, she wanted to address vaccine hesitancy. We've already heard yeah. from people who don't want to have the vaccine. And and she got up there. It was on St. Patrick's Day, you know, wearing the green. Yeah. And she's a, she is amazing. I know. And there's a New Zealand prime minister. She's amazing. Yeah. And I think if some of our leaders around the world did what she did really quickly, we wouldn't be in the state we're in now. Our, our church with ministering brothers and sisters, our sisters outdo us all the time, but we're trying to reach their level of, of, of service and, and compassion. And the latest example, of course, is Lieutenant Colonel Eleanor Taylor. She uh, talked yeah. about um, a determination and a caring factor. She actually gave up her wonderful job that she loved in the military so she could think she could be a lot more effective by going on the outside and fighting this sexual harassment thing. 
Yeah, that's uh, that's something we didn't cover on this show. Of course, we covered it in news. That's the, the, absolutely true, uh, though I don't say that, you know, all women are compassionate and all men are not. And, true. you know, we now have an all-woman morning show here. I was just about to mention that. I would say, lastly, first for AM 740 and maybe radio in general, two ladies, and they call them the Sisters of Sunshine, which is great. And today, a guy called them an Angels of the Morning. I thought, this is great. This is fantastic. And they're great. They're great people. Jane is terrific. Sam is, is wonderful. And the banter between them is, is terrific. And the message for males that I have that don't treat females equally, wake up. They're just as good as males and often, sometimes, quite often, better. Well, I I agree with you on all of that, Barry. Thanks very much for your call. You're welcome. You have a wonderful weekend. Thanks. Okay. Okay. Let's go to Dan in Elmwood. Hello, Dan. Good day. Go go ahead. You're on the air. Calling primarily about the Michael situation. Go ahead. It's kind of indirect. The primary desire of the people, we, uh, and we might say the evil ones, that control China is power. That's what they want. The power comes from all the money that, that has come from the free world because they, may, they, may, they manufacture everything for us. Canada and the rest of the free world needs to take the production out of China to, say, countries in Central America or other needy countries throughout the world. Um, if we do that... It'll take the power away from the people um, that control China, and eventually maybe they get democracy. I don't know. But I believe that's what we need to do. Mm, yeah. Um, uh, I, I don't think that's a realistic thing, but, uh, you know, I, I hear you. Thanks for your call. We have to take another break, so I'm going to give the numbers out again. 416 416- Three six zero zero seven forty toll free one eight six six seven forty four seven forty. It is the one, the only, the original. Free for all Friday. If we talk about what you want to talk about today, give us a shout. You'll have your say on the air right now. We're taking a quick break, and we'll be right back. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight back with Libby Zneimer, a free-for-all Friday. Step up, say your piece, and we promise not to interrupt. Just be lively about it. We have a lot of listeners hanging on your every word. Here is Libby Zneimer. Welcome back to this free-for-all Friday, the number is 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. I'll get right to the phones. We've got Eleanor in Toronto. Hello. Hi. Hello. Hello. You're on the air, Eleanor. Go ahead. Hi. I love your program. It's very informative. Thank you. And I wanted to um, ask you that I had the same crazy ideas that former the former person that was speaking on your program and my opinion is this that these two michaels they're not playing by the rules so why should we i personally believe that everybody who's buying products from china should be given a six-month notice and said get your house in order and buy your products from uh 
buy your products from India or Mexico, but some other place other than China. I, I think we're just feeding them money, and I think that that it might be wise, and they might smarten up if we weren't giving them this kind of money. Well, uh, yeah, I don't know how practical it is just because Canada is a very small player in all of this and they're a very big player in all of this. So if all Canadians stop buying stuff, I'm not sure that unless the United States got in on it, that would make much of a difference. And what about Australia? Not only that, but I personally think that um, what would be good is... Uh, it would help Canada. Like manufacturing companies would start making things. We could employ more people. We make good quality products. And I think if nothing else, the government should subsidize perhaps these factories so that we don't deal with other people and we do keep people employed and give them a feeling of self-worth. Okay. Thanks for that, Eleanor. Okay. All right. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Brian Bye. and Mimico. Bub. You have the same thought. Yeah, I think uh, it's time we divested ourselves of China. Become the first country to do so. Just say to them, look, as long as your Communist Party is in charge, it's just not fair dealing with you. You cheat on every level. You just It is not a pl fair playing field. We no longer want to do business with you until the people of China get rid of the Communist Party. Just start that movement going around the world. We may be small, but if we start that going, I think that would be a very popular move around the world, even in China with the people, because they want to get rid of that party too. Just you know, just say you enough is enough. You can't have your cake and eat it too, and we're going to be the first to stand up to you. Of course, I don't expect our China-loving. Uh, actor playing the role of prime minister to do that. But if I had to wait, that's what I'd do. Okay. Brian, thanks for your call. Let us go to Delvin in Etobicoke. Hello. Hi, Libby. I remember um, uh, my teacher, he was teaching us about DNA, and it was a new technology where he was saying we're going to, uh, that it's, uh, humans are dangerous because they always misuse their um, knowledge and power. And as you know, as you might recall, Dolly the Sheep, she was genetically modified. They tinkered with DNA. I think it was in the year 1995, maybe 93 or something on her about. And she died. This Dolly the Sheep, she died. She was genetically modified. She died before her own parents, I think because her cells were replicating faster than resulted in her dying faster. It was like an experiment. And he was going through the history of how Gunpowder was misusing uh, uh, so fireworks were meant for fireworks or something. Okay, and Delvin, Delvin, it said here you wanted to talk about vaccination passports. Oh, yes. Okay, that's what I was getting at. Okay, so yeah, we were wondering. <laughs> okay, so the technology with regards to these passports will, as usual, be misused and abused and can be misused and abused against the many. And I'm tired of the, the tail wagging the dog. We, the people, need the power. Power to the people. The power should be the dog wagging its own tail and having control instead of the other way around with the police state, Orwellian state, Big Brother state. And, 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 and the powers that be, as you can see, they lie, whether it's Two-Face Trudeau, um, Doug Ford, or Tyrant Tory. 
they, they, if, if they get too much control and control us by misform, misinforming us, miseducating us, misguiding us, destroying our health, our Delvin, economy. Delvin, you, 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 have, you have issues with everyone, I get. So uh, I hear you. Thanks for your call. Uh, I have to go back and listen to those nicknames that he had. Not nice ones, but uh, I guess it's uh, equal opportunity against all of them. Uh, yeah, the vaccine passports, I think the thought mostly is not necessarily from anything internal, but external. A lot of people want to travel. There's a huge pent-up demand for travel, I bet, among a lot of our listeners, too. And some countries won't let you in without proof of vaccination. And that's a big issue. How do you come up with something that can't be faked, that doesn't violate people's privacy, and on and on it goes. So it's a very difficult thing, I think. Who is next? Oh, somebody else wants to talk about vaccine passport. Hello, Mike. Hi there. How are you doing? Fine. How are you? I'm well. So I'm not sure what the fruit fry is because I, I already have a vaccination passport. I've had it for, I don't know, 40 years. It's a yellow book, and it was a record of, uh, well, all vaccinations, but it was more especially about yellow fever. I remember those. Exactly. And it's in my top drawer. And I haven't been asked for it in 30 years, but I thought <laughs> that's where the stamp would go for my COVID vaccine. Uh, that's, uh, that, that would be too simple. <laughs> I agree. Uh, that was, you know, you got that long before, it, you know, it was, um, it was an issue and uh, it wasn't in the middle of a pandemic. Those those vaccinations we would get if we went to places that had endemic diseases, bad diseases. I remember a long time ago now, went to uh, Brazil, to Manaus, right right on the Amazon, and, and there were a bunch of vaccinations that we had to take to protect ourselves from the things running around there. This is different. And, and to get back into Canada because you were exposed, they, the worry was you were exposed there. Anyway, I hate to sound like a Zoomer, but young, young people today, <laughs> they think it's an invasion of privacy. Well, it's more than the young people. There's all these issues with medical records and fraud and all of that. So, you know... Everybody's I, younger than I am, so it's young people today in my case. Okay. <laughs> anyway... Uh, I've got one. I, I just want to put, I'll have to put the stamp in it when I get it, I, I assume, and see what happens. Okay, well, good luck with that. Thanks. Cheers. Cheers. Rena in Uxbridge. Hello, Rena. Hi, Libby. How are you today? Fine. How are you? I'm good, thank you. What I wanted to find out is if anybody in the Senate has died from COVID because all of those people are seniors and they're all MPs or ex-MPs. They're not all ex-MPs. They have been vaccinated. uh, I would imagine that some of them have been. They have to retire. uh, I should should confirm it, but they have to retire at 75. So they're not over 75 senators. So oh, I, I understood that they were up in the radies a lot of them. No. No. Okay. Well, anyways, I just want to say my prayers go out to the two Michaels. I hope things go well for both of them. We all do. Okay. Uh, doesn't look that good, I must say. No, it's 
it's not. But I don't know if people realise when we borrow money, it comes from the World Bank, and the World Bank is owned by China. Uh, I uh, no, that's uh, that's not right. But we do borrow money from China when they buy up our bonds and things. But uh, the World Bank is not owned by China, and uh, I, I we don't know. Uh, it has to do with uh, currency markets and all of that. All right, uh, you know, people. Um, there are a lot of things that you hear around that are uh, really not even remotely true. So I would say, you know, make sure that you get stuff from a reliable source. The senators aren't 80 and and all of the other stuff, just not so. 416-360-0740, toll free, 1-866-740-4740. It is a free for all Friday. It's time for you to have your say for us to talk about what you want to talk about. We've been talking about vaccines and the rollout and vaccine passports. That's another issue that's kind of on the horizon now. And we've been talking about the two Michaels. The first of the two Michaels went on trial today. I mean, it's today in China. I think it's finished already. The trials there are not long and um, not very much according to the rule of law. Let's go to Dennis in Brampton. Hello, Dennis. Good afternoon, Libby. Thanks for taking my call. You're very welcome. I'm responding to um, a couple of callers and the sentiments that they expressed with respect to divesting ourselves from China and making more products here at home, which I agree with 100%. Um, I wonder, however, if people realize that inevitably we will end up paying more uh, for those goods made here. And much of the China, in addition to globalization, it was what I call the pursuit of the cheap. And so that's, well, China has different. um, You know, you're right, but China is not as cheap as it used to be. You know, it was cheaper as it was coming up as this manufacturing behemoth. And if you look at the labels on a lot of things that you buy, it's not in China. It's made in places like Bangladesh, um, other places, uh, India, uh, that are cheaper than China now. And, and, you know, in a lot of cases, the people working there work in terrible conditions. You know, we've had fires at factories, killing lots of people. But China is not as cheap as it used to be, though getting stuff from China is still cheaper than starting an industry here, paying people Canadian wages, and, uh, you know, all of that, globalization. Exactly. And and uh, I, I know for many that, that they may not be able to afford it, but uh, for others, uh, they might be willing to pay more. I remember the days when shoes were made, made here, good quality, uh, clothing, a variety of good everyday goods and services, um, food. You know, with the, we, we're importing things from China that we could easily have done here. But again, uh, price is uh, has been paramount. 
Well, yeah, and the the bottom line is it's price and it's a certain kind of disposability. You know, when you're talking about clothing and fashion, there's a thing called, you know, quote, fast fashion, and it's made cheaply and these things don't necessarily last, but you can buy lots of clothes and change them up. And there is a movement against that. But again, it's all price and, and, you know, people get upset when there's a situation like this but at the end of the day when when they're dealing with their pocketbook they want the cheap goods that's yep. just the reality uh, but perhaps the lesson of covid and leaving it, it on a positive note is that and there've been many things perhaps I'm hoping that we've learned uh that might be one of them that um it might be cheap uh, to begin with but in the long run it's more it's the old fram filter where you pay now but you pay later but you will pay okay Thank you for that message, Dennis. Have a good weekend. You too. Bye. Bye-bye. Let's go to Pat in Burlington with good news. Hi. Thank you for taking my call. I just wanted to shout out to everyone in Burlington who's over 75. There was a problem with me on the computer. kept bouncing back to the 80 and over. You call 311, and they will tell you to push 5. Just a minute, Pat. Pat, let me interrupt a bit. The reason that there's a problem for 75 and over is that that booking is not open until Monday. No, it isn't. I just got it. Really? I just got it. They called me back at 11.30 today. They called me back, and I booked it for April 4th. Okay. That's interesting because they said the booking... It's a, the computer's a problem. If you call, she said there were a lot of problems with it. If you call three one one, if you're in Burlington, Halton, and they'll direct you to five, push five, and they will take your name and your number, and they call you back within forty eight hours. And I've got my bookings. Well, that that's that's great to hear, but it's very different from what we were hearing from the premier today that said that the booking will open and maybe that's why it's not working on the computer. The booking is that's supposed to open on Monday. It. If you want to get it, go to 311 and push five and they're wonderful. She was absolutely lovely when she called me and took all my information and gave me directions. Okay. Well, congratulations. April 4th, not that far <laughs> off. That's right. Thank you very much. Okay, Pat. Thank you for that. Yeah, everybody's getting different information and then it's different again on the ground. You know, we're doing our best. So I hope that I'm giving people the latest and the best information. But then you hear stuff like that. Everybody has a different story. So uh, I guess just keep trying and you'll get your vaccine date. And it was good news today, I have to say. And that is all the time we have for Fight Back for today and for this week. I'll be back here on Monday. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.